God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. Why did God create us? <laughs> I'm starting there. What's the purpose of life? What is the purpose? <laughs> I'm serious. You didn't even have an introduction. I know. I'm starting there. What, what is your question? <laughs> <laughs> teaching about God created us in our image and our likeness. What was the purpose of God creating us? Because God wanted to have an intimate relationship with us and okay. God wanted for us to not only know about God, but God wanted for us to experience him. And so what he did was he created a model where what he could do is he could invest his life in us. When he breathed into man, he breathed the spirit of life. He breathed the spirit of God into man. And the spirit of God inside of man was there to give definition to his identity. Everything that was defined in the image of God, Adam lived from that place. So he lived from a place of peace, which is a characteristic of God. He experienced that and he knew what it was to be like God. He experienced joy. He experienced the fruit. There's characteristics of God. So it wasn't just knowing about a God who is here and who exists. It's not just interacting with the God, but it's about experiencing him and allowing him to define not only who I am, but how I live. Right. So through relationship, I love what you were saying, um, even in the past few teachings, how you've been talking about relationship and also this word um, we want to tear off today is the word identity. Because through relationship, knowing him is where we get this word identity. How, how would you describe, how would you define that word, identity? Those core beliefs that define who we are. Our core beliefs and what defines who we are is going to determine how we feel, what we think, um, how we behave, the attitudes that we have, all of those things can't come from a common place. Okay. And that common place, the DNA of our identity is our, are our beliefs. Now, they formed from a relationship. Right. But relationship can come from various places. Okay, that's my next Whoa. question. Where do, those, where do those beliefs come from? Because we're in there. You've been talking about we're, we're in this world, though. Right, mm. and we are spirit beings, and we have a brain. I'm going to point up here so I don't confuse myself. And I have a mind. Mm. I have a spirit. Where do beliefs come from? Do they come from the brain? Do they come from the mind? Can they come from the brain? Beliefs are always of the mind. Okay, it's the DNA. If you substitute the word mind, I think sometimes a lot of confusion comes in because people start thinking mind, brain, yeah. and it's all about the thought world. Yeah, mm. I, I, right they're away. different mm-hmm. things. The brain is all about the thoughts, and it's a tool that we use to interact with the natural realm. Gotcha. All the senses feed into the brain. The brain feeds into your identity, which is the mind. Anytime you see the word mind in the Bible, you can use a synonym for mind, which is identity. Oh, I like that. Be okay. formed in, you know, you have the mind of Christ. He wasn't saying think like Jesus. He was saying have the identity of Christ formed on the inside of you. He was speaking about our destiny. Our destiny is to be conformed to the image of Christ. He's talking about who you are. Far more consequential to what you think is what you believe. Because when what you believe informs, it it becomes the essence of what you think and why you think that. It becomes the substance that defines why you feel the way you do. It becomes those things that motivate our behaviors and our actions and our words. That's why the Word of God says, guard your heart with all diligence. What it's saying is, my paraphrased version would be, guard your beliefs. Mm. Wow, okay. Beliefs come into play through what you develop relationship with and what you fall in love with. Belief, okay. actually, the root word of belief, if you look at the etymology of belief, it's to, it comes from bee and leaf, which I can't pronounce it properly. But <laughs> what, it really, what it really means is to be in love with. Okay. Right. Wow. What ideas do you fall in love with? Mm. So anything that you have relationship with opens the opportunity for you to fall in love with that. Wow. Okay. When you spend time with God, and you develop relationship with God and you allow the Holy Spirit to take the things of God and to introduce them to your life, you can fall in love with those things. Wow. 
developed relationship with it. But we have a relationship with the world as well. Right. And so the problem with it is, is many people don't go to God to define who they are and their identity. They mm-hmm. don't go to God to define their beliefs or the DNA of who they are. What they do is they default and they go to their environment. Wow. How we go to our environment is we use the tool and we access our senses and so we go into our world. And every time I encounter something in that world, I fall in love with different ideas. Yes. I run the potential of falling in love with different ideas. Right. So it's this, a silly, simple example, but you, you do something where you feel um, compromised and you feel embarrassed because you're not mm-hmm. as good as other people and people begin to laugh at you. Right. What ends up happening? There's an idea that's presented, you're not as good as other people. Mm-hmm. There's the idea. But if I fall in love with it, what right. ends up happening is I give it access to my identity. Right. So an event, something that happened out in the world mm-hmm. was fed into my brain through my senses because my brain is what engages my natural environment. Yeah. And the outputs from that were fed into my mind. Right. What ended up happening is rather than allowing my mind to simply be a tool in my life, life, I elevated it and put it on the throne of my life. Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening was that thing that I fell in love with that came in through my brain starts to define who I am. So I feel insecure. Where does that come from? I'm not as good as other people. I'm very cautious about how I speak about things because I'm not as smart as other people. Mm. I'm very careful about putting myself in public spaces and doing things because I'm not as good as other people. I don't like putting myself in places where there's potential risk involved because what if I fail? I'm not as good as other people. That belief, that idea began to be something that was sewn into the womb of my identity, which is my mind, right. mm. my beliefs. Mm. It took root there, it conceived, it's grown, and now what ends up happening is it starts to give definition to who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. So wow. I want to break that down though. So like, because I think a lot of us, and I know I've done this where I try to live my Christianity out of my brain, where I think this is where I need to have a relationship with him, this is where, but it's actually where I partner with here mm. that things change. So mm. like you use the example of someone calls me stupid or if I think I'm not good enough and that thought comes in, a lot of times I think like, okay, I had that bad thought, something's wrong with me. And you said, I think it was on Sunday, you said like, God's not so much... Um, concerned with your thoughts. As yeah, concerned as with up here, it's all here. And then right. you kind of went like this, because yeah. that, that's a big one. Yeah. Where I think so many of us, like, how would you break down this scripture, um, take every thought captive? Mm. Mm. Can, I, can I ask yeah, yeah. To, alongside with that? Because I was thinking the same thing. It says take every thought captive. But you just walked us down a journey of it actually did start as a thought. It, I feel like the way you described it, you went into such detail, but I'm not thinking that when I do something dumb. I'm thinking mm. I did something dumb. <laughs> and then years later, I come to find out I feel shy in an area. Right. And so it's like all this stuff that you just explained, it's happening subconsciously a lot of the time. So how do you become intentional with your thoughts or even go back and change your beliefs? Okay, so where do we going to start? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, that was a lot, that was a lot. Um, oh, I think for this, like okay, for, hold, for I do a few things. Okay. What I would say is this. God had a perfect design when he created man. God's design was what lives on the throne of my life is him. He gets to reign and rule. That's the whole principle. It's the founding principle of kingdom. Mm-hmm. Kingdom is he gets to reign and rule every aspect of my life. Right. And when he defines every part of who I am, I really begin to look like him, feel like him, act like him, behave like him, because he is the one who defined that. Mm. But As a result of that, because he put me in the world, it's God first, Mm -hmm. my mind or my identity being developed by him, using my brain, because I'm in the natural realm, Mm -hmm. to be able to access it and engage with it and have a meaningful interaction with the natural environment. God created the world for us to enjoy. It was man's domain. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want us out of the world. He wants us in the world, having influence in the world. Mm. What he doesn't want is for the world to influence us. That's the reverse. Yeah. And so that's where we've ended up in trouble. 
the brain is a wonderful thing and we should use it. It's a gift of God. Mm. But it isn't God. It is mm. a gift of God. It gotcha. was always intended to be there as a tool that we use to engage. It was never designed to sit on the throne of our life. Gotcha. We ended up with that problem because when Adam sinned, what ended up was the presence of God was no longer there. So now he had a void because he had no way of defining himself from the image or the presence of God. Mm -hmm. It was absent. Mm -hmm. So he had to go to something else. So he became the, the Lord and the master designer of mm -hmm. his identity. And wow. all he could use was everything he could gain from the brain and access to his senses mm -hmm. in the natural realm. Right. Whoa. So everything was, and you said wow. this, I think on the, the, um, the last teaching you said, which I love, you talked about brain versus mind. You said brain is, when it comes to identity, I give self-definition. Mm -hmm. Where mm -hmm. in the spirit, like you said, the way we were mm -hmm. created to, to um, live was mm -hmm. God gives definition. Right. Now, how do I surrender that? Yeah. Let's say I'm, 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 I've lived in this place of uh, I felt stupid or I feel this, I've been this. How do I begin that uh, really... The, the steps towards transformation. Because I think a lot of us, we, we have these thoughts and we think, okay, something's wrong with us. Mm. So how do we bring it to this place of, you said, um, spirit, and you also said um, um, transformation. Okay. <clears throat> let, let me say something. I just Let me touch on a point you yes, raised please. earlier. Um, when I said God's not interested in your thoughts, what I meant by that is this. God is far more concerned about what you believe right. than what you think. Mm. And that's here. Because the thing about it is your beliefs are the DNA of your identity. And God knows, stop dealing with the fruit of your life. You yeah. deal with the root of your life. If gotcha. you change a person's heart, if you change a person's belief, mm -hmm. what ends up happening is they live from that place. And so automatically their thinking changes. Yeah, wow. Their expression of that truth changes. So he's much more interested in what yeah. forms your identity as opposed to the fruit of that. Yeah. Right. Because you don't change a, a, a tree by pruning the fruit. Mm -hmm. right. You have to change the root. But I think a lot of which, us have done which that. Which feeds into what yeah. you were just asking about. We're going to have thoughts that come to us on a regular basis <laughs> and our responsibility, and that's just normal right. mm -hmm. because we live in the world and so people are going to say stuff. We're going to mm. see stuff. It's going to raise ideas and thoughts that are presented to us. We have the responsibility of taking those thoughts captive Got you. and doing something with those. We, we can be aware of stuff. It's not as though we live with like an ostrich with our head in the sand. Right. We're aware of stuff. But our responsibility is to be careful with it because we are there to govern our heart. We govern mm -hmm. our heart through our will. Mm -hmm. We choose what we give access to that, what, what we allow access to that space. And so the challenge comes in when we allow thoughts to go into that space, what you're doing is you're giving it the prerogative of coming in and seeding the womb of your identity. Got you. When we spend time meditating on, okay, I'm just not good and I'm a bad mm. person and I'm a do terrible things and I'm so, what are we doing? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm entertaining and I'm flirting with, I'm, um, mm -hmm. I, I'm falling in love with mm -hmm. something right. mm -hmm. that I shouldn't be engaging with. Right. Take those thoughts captive. Wow. I have to be intentional. When I become aware of the fact that my identity is not my brain, but it's my mind, my mind is the essence of my spirit. It's that, it is kind of like the nucleus is to a cell, except right. it's not an organ. It's a capacity. It's the ability to be able to mm. choose things, well, to make decisions. It's that space which really harbors our will. Our will becomes so vital because our will either allows us to live in obedience to God and allow his influence in my life, or I can choose to live in disobedience, which is self-defining yeah. of my identity mm -hmm. and moving away from God. And it, the reason that God's got such a problem with disobedience and sin is that it separates us from him. Right. So it becomes something which separates relationship. I'm no longer relating to God in that area of my life. I've defined it. Mm -hmm. And as a result of it, I'm living from my definition, not from God's influence. How would you uh, define the will? Like we all have a will. Is that our, our power to choose? Yes. 
which we all have. Man, man was created oh, with a free will. Right. That's why God, that's why when you get born again, the first thing God encouraged us to do is to what? Renew your mind. mind. Renew your identity. <laughs> right. Why did, he, oh, why did he encourage us to do that? Yeah. Because the thing is, he's given you a free will. He can't just flood your life with what he wants to do. So as we journey through life and we encounter different situations and circumstances, he's always extending an invitation to us to sit and say, would you like to be conformed to my identity in this situation? Or are you going to allow the challenges or the realities or the people or everything that's in your environment to define who you are? Mm. His exhortation is be conformed to the image of Christ. Right. Now it says we have um, the mind of Christ and he used the scripture, I think it was 1 Corinthians 6. Um, what is it that if we are joined to Christ, we are one spirit with him? Yes. I think a lot of people struggle with, and I've heard a lot of people say like, I don't have the mind of Christ because they're thinking hey, I'm not having the right thoughts. Mm. What, what is, how would you define the mind of Christ? Because even like that, you've kind of changed the game for me. I'm thinking, I'm struggling with the mind of Christ because I'm thinking pretty bad up here. Mm. Where you're saying the mind of Christ is here. How do I begin to engage with that? So we're, does that make sense? Yes. It goes back to creation. Okay. Let us make man in our image it's to reflect our likeness. Mm. So when we are made in his image, when we look like him, we reflect what he's like. Gotcha. The reason that he breathed his spirit into Adam and Adam became a living soul was because he put presence into Adam. The purpose of spirit in that space was to raise up and train Adam's mind or identity as to what God was all about. So he was introducing him to be victorious, to be an overcomer, to be more than a conqueror, right. to be a person who lived in peace, to be a person who understood that I was a creative being and I'm there to call those things that be not as though they are. What is he doing? He was training us up to be and to live from God's image so that we reflected that. What ended up happening is because of sin, all of the presence left. Right. And so we no longer had that as an access point anymore to give definition to who we are. Hmm. And so that's where we ended up in trouble. Right. When we got born again, that was the whole purpose and that's why the cross is so wonderful. Yeah. Because no matter how hard man tried, once we had made a decision that we were going to define who we were, it created a gulf between God and us. Mm -hmm. Because we were no longer created in his image, we wanted to create ourselves the way we wanted to. To be intentionally rebellious against God and move to self-definition is the definition of what sin is. Mm. It creates separation between me and God. Right. All of a sudden, that space in my life wasn't defined by God anymore. It was defined by me. Right. And God's like, you're creating space here. Right. Mm. Mm. The purpose of Jesus coming back was to sit and say, once you've done that, you can't get back on your own. Mm -hmm. No matter how hard you try, no matter how many things you try to do, no matter how good your life might be, you're never able to get the presence back into that space. Mm -hmm. The only way that you can do it is somebody actually has to pay the price for the sin right. so that it's, it's being paid for and it creates opportunities for once again for us to be, as humans, righteous, perfect in the sight of God. Why? Basically, what it does is it cleans out the temple of sin yeah. and allows the presence to once again move into that place. I'm a new creation in Christ. The presence has once again taken up habitation in me. Right. That's important because spirit, deep calls unto deep. When I have the spirit of Christ on the inside of me, the Holy Spirit, his job once again is I'm going back to where we were originally. I'm here to define who you are. Wow. So now before I never had access to him because the presence wasn't there. I got born again. I became a brand new creation in Christ. I became a righteous person. The spirit of Christ moved into that space. And now he says once again we have the opportunity to go back to what God's original design was. So don't, the, the, the exhortation he gives us is don't continue allowing your brain to define you. Yeah, got you. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. Be transformed by changing your identity. In the space, be intentional about bringing your will to submission to the Holy Spirit and his invitation. Mm. We cannot do what the Holy Spirit can do. 
And only one thing can live in a, a you, you can only have one thing that sits in the throne of your life in different areas. Right. So if you're a person that is full of worry and anxiety, Whoa. that's what's sitting on the throne of your life in that particular area. Wow. You cannot have worry and anxiety and fear sitting in the same place as peace and faith. Right. Mm. They're complete opposites. Wow. So the problem with it is it's no point telling somebody who's fearful and anxious, you shouldn't be like that. They don't want to be like yeah. that. Yeah. Or like trust change God. It. People say like, go trust God. It's exactly. Like, what? <laughs> trust God. It's like, I would want to do that. I can't. That's the problem. Right. Because yeah. it's so, identity. You're, you're basically addressing their identity. It sounds like a simple thought right. change, but you're actually like, no, just it's change an your identity right, right. now. It, you're talking about what is your character. Mm-hmm. It's not your nature, it's your mm-hmm. character. Because mm-hmm. characters you right. can change. Nature you can't change. Right, he's yeah. got to do it. So how do you, how do, you do and that? So the, the, the point of it is that's why the Holy Spirit always extends an invitation to us because he's mm. like, unless I come into that place and birth peace in you, you can't experience peace. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. And that's why so many Christians are frustrated because they read the Bible and they see that God promises them peace and right. joy right. and life of a superior mm-hmm. nature and faith and the, all that God, the life of its overcomer. And they, they hear about all of and this stuff. And they quote it and they know it. They quote this stuff. Right. They know it in their brain, right. but they don't experience it. Why? Because it's not something that defines their identity. Mm. So what God's always doing is sitting saying, would you like for me to come in? and make that new. Okay. It's an invitation that we extend to him and we invite him to come and do that. But it's a work that only the Holy Spirit can do. Mm, I good. can't do. It's like salvation. You can work as hard as you want. You can never save yeah, yourself. Right. Unless you become a brand new creation in Christ as a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. It never happens. Mm. It's that, that becomes the principle for my life in growth with God. That's how it works. It works on dependence. Mm-hmm. I recognize an aspect of my life that's outside of his design and outside of what the father authored. And I'm like, well, I don't want this. I want what you've got. So I'm asking for you to take what's available and give it to me. Mm-hmm. That's what's wonderful about the gift of grace. Grace takes everything that is available to us in the life of God and Jesus pays so that we can get it. So we don't have to do anything to earn it but we have to put ourselves at a place where we recognize it's only available through the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm. And that's where you talk mm. about, you said it in your teaching, our will. Right. Like so many of us, we, we think like, okay, it's in here, I could say it, but there has to be a, you said, a, um, you said the will is our gateway. Mm-hmm. So there has to be that surrendering of, I can't do it, you have to do this. Right. Which is kind of, if I'm saying this right, at least for me, how it is, my brain thinks it knows how to do it, even with scripture. Right. But there has to be a surrender of, I don't know how it's done. Right. How do you, there has to be that exchange. Well, uh, some of the most powerful examples are the most simple. Yeah. If you're a fearful person, tell them not to be fearful. It doesn't work. <laughs> right. It doesn't work. Right. It's like, I, 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 I want to, but I can't. And so it makes us realize how impotent our works are. And how futile it is trying to do that because we can't do what can only be birthed through him. Mm-hmm. Unless the Holy Spirit births it in our life, my works are never going to be able to produce that. Mm. So hearing you now, I, I, something just really clicked for me. Um, that I, When I think mind of Christ, I think I'm going to have his thoughts, mm. which is now if I were to switch it to how you just said it, I, don't, I have the mind of Christ, but what I have is I have the identity of Christ. Right, which transcends simply thoughts. What yeah. it means is... When I, I thought it was just thoughts. When I have his identity and he defines an aspect of my life, Dang. what it means is there's an impartation of his substance. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. What is it saying? Faith is not just, okay, well, I, I, I'm going to try and do something for God. People talk about, okay, well, you need to just go and trust God. You can't just go and trust God. Right. You can't just muster up faith. Faith is an impartation from him. Right. Let Christ dwell in your hearts right. through faith. The essence of your heart, those parts that are inaccessible wow. to the natural realm, the, the core of that is your, your mind. Mm. And so the thing about it is what God wants to do is God wants to move into that space and redefine that. But when he takes of his substance and he puts it into us, Mm -hmm. what ends up happening is we become born of him. Mm -hmm. 
And when we're born of him, we're born of his substance. There is, there is an actual impartation that takes place. And that substance is the substance of things hoped for. All of a sudden, I, I live from a different place because I begin to feel as though I'm not a victim anymore, but I know what it is to feel like and act like and behave like and live like the Son of God. Gotcha. I'm living like the sun in that place because I go into situations and I see it from God's perspective. Mm, I live good. in the expectation that things conform to God's design. And even me, if it, even if it means that I have to bring about change and transformation in my environment, it's not because I'm doing it. It's because I have part of him on the inside of me that's sitting saying, bring those things into transformation, bring them into order, have influence in the world. Understand and start to live from your original design as a dominion mm. figure. It's mm. good. All right. So so what I'm hearing now, and this is like it's just a new picture, is is so the mind of Christ is the identity of Christ is in me. And now my new life is now him really transformation is him redefining everything about my life. That's what it says. Your new life is hidden in Christ. <laughs> so he has to redefine it. He has to um Juju brought it up, he has to in a way birth it. If I were to think yes. naturally, but now I think spiritually, mm. what I think is the hard part is it's, it's kind of it's, this is, this is all invisible, right, in a way? Or? But that's why people struggle with it because yeah. when yeah. we start getting into the spirit dimension, we're getting into a realm that we don't know much about mm-hmm. because we haven't spent a lot of time there. Yeah. We're very comfortable in the natural realm because that's what we've grown up with. And so we understand it. We know how to relate to it. We know how to work in it. We know mm-hmm. how to produce in it. It's a comfortable environment for us to be in. But when we start engaging with the spirit realm, it's a, it's a new dimension to us. And so we kind of trying to find our feet in that space. Yeah. And it's understanding that when you move from one dimension to another, very often the laws that are applicable in one dimension are not applicable in the other. Yeah. Right. One of the key ones is, for example, in the natural dimension, one of the key drivers for us is something called productivity. Yeah. When you live from your brain, mm-hmm. you produce, that's what ends up happening. I I manufacture, I produce, I make stuff happen. But when you move to the spirit arena, you can't make stuff happen. (laughs) Things are birthed of God. And when it's birthed of God, either it's birthed or it doesn't happen. But sometimes we end up in trouble because as Christians, what we do is we take law that's applicable in the natural realm and then we try to create or produce in the spirit realm. Right. And productivity doesn't work in that realm. It doesn't work that way. In our relationship with God, things of God are birthed in us. You had your question, Chuchu? Was that it? Yeah, no, I'm, I, I can't remember. Off camera, we were talking about the birthing process. But right now that you're speaking, I just got a picture of like, so in the scripture says that I'm the bride of Christ, right? So mm. obviously then Father God is my husband. Mm. So it's like if I'm trying to get pregnant just because I know it. Right. Rather than actually going to my husband and then my husband uh, uh, transmitting his seed into me and mm. then causing a birthing to happen. It was only ever one virgin birth. <laughs> no, no, not that. <laughs> I'm, I'm Seriously, the, I'm the, I mean that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, 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 we try to conceive what you're saying. Yes. We try to conceive yes. by ourselves. By ourselves. It was only ever one virgin birth. It, and it was, it, and yeah. the thing about it is it's like until we get together with the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy yeah. Spirit into that space yes. and conceive from Him. Yes. No, it doesn't happen. Wow. So, so, okay, so the same way, like, I just like that picture of uh, the Virgin Mary, right? So, like, she got pregnant with the seed, which was Jesus. Is that kind of what happens with us where, like, God puts something inside of us and then we have to give it time for it to develop and grow just how Jesus had to develop and grow? Yes. Yes. The thing is, the way that we relate to God is we relate spirit to spirit. The Bible speaks about deep, calls unto deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so another thing that's very I different in that I never knew what that, that meant. Realm, I'm so sorry. I know the scripture, but I'm never, now it's starting to click. <laughs> another thing that's very different in that realm, in the natural realm, we use words for communication. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the way that we express one idea from myself to somebody else is I begin to use words to describe it, to give the picture fullness. But when you enter into the, the, the spirit arena, God doesn't, he doesn't, there are times where he could use words if he chooses to, but that's normally not how it happens. Mm. It's normally the impartation of ideas. Mm-hmm. And wow. so sometimes people will just say, I just felt I should do this. I f- this person came to me out of nowhere mm. and I felt like I should pray. What's happening? 
it's, it's spirit communication, but it's not dependent on language. Mm. And so we have to understand that in our communication with God, it's not going to happen like it does in the natural realm. Right. And so we become more sensitive to promptings and inclinations, visions, dreams. God works in different ways, but we begin to become more discerning as we spend more time in that arena, recognizing what comes from God and mm. what comes from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so in, in that place, no, no matter how small the interaction is, we're always going to leave pregnant with God, because we had an interaction with Him, right? Spirit to spirit. Yeah. What you're really looking for is you're looking for for Rama, right? You, you're looking for words that are laced with spiritual life. Mm. That's really what a rhema is. It's an impartation where it just begins to, it brings about a change and a transformation in you that is so fundamental that it becomes a part of who you are. You're not trying to be it, you are it. Right. The best example I can use is, for example, something like creativity. Mm-hmm. You can tell somebody, okay, these are the rules you need to follow to be a creative. <laughs> you know, you need to understand balance and light and form. And you can give them everything that to try and make them creative people. Mm-hmm. And they can follow the formulas. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're creative. Somebody who is creative, it just, it's a part of who they are. They see that way. They express that way. They're looking for opportunities to, to give expression to it in their cooking and in their dress and in their art and in their music. And Because a part of who they are is just looking to come out. Mm. They're not trying to create it. It's there. It's who I am. That's what God wants to do in us. He's not trying to create something that we look and we try and live by. Yeah. He's trying to create somebody who basically is an expression of him. It's who we are. Be conformed to the image of Christ. Mm. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Stop defining yourself and allow him to do it. Wow. wow. So that defining piece, does that take time for it to grow and develop or is it like instant? Like I spent time with God and he's yeah. like, hey, I've called you to be a creative do I have to wait nine months so then I can actually have expression? You, I, th- I believe what happens is this. When you spend time with God and in that space, there, there is a commitment and, and there, is, there is a hunger that, that drives things with God. God mm. responds to hunger mm. because he wants to see to what degree do you value the things of mine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It's not that he's sitting saying, I need for you to work for it, but do you value it? Got you. I think the reason that so many Christians don't engage and experience the things of God to the degree that they would like is because I'm not sure that they necessarily, I'm not sure that the hunger is always there. Yeah. I look at Jesus's life. Jesus spent his life continually separated in prayer. What was he saying? He was saying everything that happens outside in this arena had its conception in that space. Unless I separated myself with regularity, even from his disciples, wait here, I'm going to go up and I'm going to pray. What is he doing? He was saying there is an intimate space where I get together with the Father. And in that space, that's where things of consequence happen. And as a result of that, I'm able to come out into this arena and I have something to bring that is able to have influence in the world and in the lives of people that I meet. It's good. Oh, by the way, do you want water? Do you need I'm one? good, thanks. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> good. I have a... Are you guys good? Yeah, I, I'm just pondering last night. Just to be vulnerable I, with you guys. Last night, you know, I had my office and all that stuff. And I went on a run and I felt so accomplished and I was spending time with Jesus. And I felt like God was like, hey, it's okay to watch TV. And I was like, but no, I have to... I, I need to study. You know, we had that big talk about studying. So I studied for a little bit, but I wanted more. But I kept feeling God saying, go ahead and watch TV. Well, then one hour TV turned into like a lot of hours of TV. And I just didn't like that because I was like, man, I have a mission. I have a job. I'm supposed to be hungry. And then this right now it just hit me. I was like, my hunger level for the TV was greater than the mystery that God could have shown me, mm. you know, spending time with him. Mm. And, but, but right now, right now, I wanted to go to like, okay, guilt, shame, condemnation, whatever. But instead, I'm like, whoa, the invitation from the Spirit is today's a brand new day and you're hungrier than you were yesterday, mm. so you won't miss it. Mm. Uh, anyways, that's where I was. I, I just wanted to share. There's some strange things that I, that, that I discovered that come from the natural world, again, that are different to yeah. 
it's the spirit world that's different to the natural. Like in the natural world, the hungrier you are, the hungrier you get, the more hungry you are. Yeah. Mm. In the spirit world, the more you feed, the hungrier you get. That's very true. There's a complete opposite that happens there. Yeah. But what you're talking about, I think, is a very natural reality to that a lot of people face. Mm -hmm. Because our lives are full and our lives are busy and we've got marriage and we've got family and we've got work and we've got home commitments and we've got chores and we've we've got all of the stuff that we're trying to balance. And I don't think God's intention is to ever bring us to a place, well, it's not his intention to ever bring us to a place where we feel a sense of condemnation about Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. But I think what I find for myself in, there's just so much stuff happening with young kids in my life. But as I do a lot of that stuff, I find that I I spend time quite intentionally speaking to the Holy Spirit as I move through spaces like that. And I find that in that place, he honors a lot of that and he speaks to me and gives me a a lot of understanding um, just as I live life. It doesn't mean that I, I, I don't set aside time to separate myself and spend time with him, which is important. Mm-hmm. But it just, there are realities where we, we can't sit and spend eight hours a day in prayer. We don't, a lot of people don't have that. Right. Yeah. It's just a challenge. But God knows that. Mm. But it's like, okay, but in the time that you do have, to what degree is it a priority? Wow, yeah, the priority. Mm. That's good. That's really good. And the hungry comes from my pursuit from God. And then in that pursuit with God is where I got, I get even more hungrier. Mm. So I guess I had another question about the starting point. So the starting point is just start. Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think it's a good point. So I think we've, we've complicated the starting process. Yeah. Because my brain wants to be so busy. Yeah, we're religious. Like you said, he's still here. Yeah. So I can just begin when you when you talked about like especially you have kids that are in sports you're doing this, and you talked about on a Sunday how you're you're learning to pause, and the one thing I love how you said that I've I've really had to um, be honest with my heart about is checking where I'm impulsive right just react. Mm. Was that an awakening to you? Because I love how you said that about the flesh. You're like my impulsive was I think you said you were talking about you got back pain, mm. right? And the impulsive was like, grab Advil. I know what to do. I know mm. what to do. So mm. someone that's trying to redefine their life because they don't like in the impulses they're making, how do we begin that journey of, of okay, I'm defining, how, getting mm. out of me defining to let him define? Because mm. obviously you, you now it's become prayer to you. It's become normal. Mm. How did you begin that? How did we begin that? Um, I would say a couple of things. I think one thing is this. Take comfort and enjoy the fact that the presence is with you. Gosh, come oh, on. Oh, my gosh. He's always there. He's not far away. He's there all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When you're driving home and you get stuck in 66 in traffic, turn your radio off, turn your phone off, Mm -hmm. and just sit and say, okay, I've got a bit more time to spend with you. Mm -hmm. Those are the times where there's an intentionality behind things. It's like I could just squander 45 minutes in traffic and do nothing Mm -hmm. or complain Mm -hmm. or other things. Or I could sit and say, hold on a second, I've got some time here, which I don't get in other spaces. And you know what? I'm not here alone. The presence is with me. So use that time intentionally. Um, Sorry, what was your other question? I I ran off at it. Well, no, just exactly that. How did you begin really the journey? Oh, the other thing is this. Understand this. The tool that we have is called a brain. Mm -hmm. It's a tool. Got you. you. You are the workman. That's your toolbox. So you became master of the toolbox. God created our brain incredibly. And our brain learns at an incredible rate. Um, And its purpose is to make our lives comfortable. That's what it's designed to do. Oh, gosh. Say that again? Wait, the brain's meant to make us comfortable. Yes. Oh, gosh. So the thing about it is, think about this. It learns quickly. You don't think about most of what you do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The brain makes it happen because mm-hmm. it knows. Okay, you, you've got an itchy nose. You don't sit and think, oh, my nose is itching. Stop for a minute. Keep the head still. Pick up my left hand. Move it closer to You don't think about any of those things. You just go, I've got an itch, and you scratch. Mm-hmm. What happened? There was a time when your brain was learning when things like this started mm-hmm. to happen, and it recognized if there was something in your body that needed a response from you, this is what you did to actually alleviate that irritation. Mm-hmm. It learned it. 
And as a result of learning it, it's like, okay, now it happens second nature. Mm-hmm. When you wake up in the morning and when you jump out of bed, you don't think, okay, open my eyes, lift the covers, move my... <laughs> it just happens. Your body makes stuff happen. It's learned already. Mm. It lives by something called habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the thing. When we, when we weren't born again, we trained our brains to respond in different ways. And then we live by that. And so we used to have a foul mouth. Mm-hmm. And we used to say the first thing it used to come to our minds. Yeah, it's true. And then what ended up happening as I got born again, and then I dropped something on my toe and something <laughs> came out of my mouth. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. What happened? Habit kicked in mm. because that's what I used to do. Mm. It's been trained. So we can retrain the brain. The brain is completely retrainable. That's amazing. It's a tool. Mm. Got you. And so that's where our responsibility comes in to retrain our responses to things and how we, we handle wow. stuff. Wow. So, 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 yeah, go for it. I was going to say the, the renewing of the mind, I used to think was the renewing of habits, mm-hmm. but that's not correct, right? It, it, I, I have to renew my identity and then my habits automatically start to change. Yes. Right? God will do an incredible work in changing a lot of that stuff. Much of that stuff is actually harbored in your brain. Habits. Yeah. The habits, yeah. So what ends up happening is it's like people with addictions. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, uh, the, the body has got so used to yeah. all the chemicals that are released in the body as a result of taking a substance like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that it begins to crave it. Your body does. It loves the, all the chemicals, the endorphins and the this and the mm-hmm. that and the everything else that gets released and the dopamines and the, your body's like, this is just fantastic. I love it. It's your brain that's, that's craving for that stuff. Yeah. But mm. when we allow who we are to be defined by him, we yeah. start to resume our position of headship over the brain. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hold on a second. You're not going to define that stuff for me anymore. Whoa. And so I begin to take authority and I begin to influence that space. Wow, and he goes to the root of why I even started doing those things in the first place. Right. And he's like, you don't need that anymore. Right. Where you used to, but you were the governor. Right. But now he's the king. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I just love the way it works. Like, thank you for that. I think my brain is really happy. Well, I didn't do it. it he did. Okay, thank you, Spirit. <laughs> thank you, Spirit. Yeah. Sorry, Chabu. I don't know. I'm kind of questioning. I want to open up to you guys now. Even hearing what you're saying, I, I, I think I, I'm really catching this thing. I, I think the biggest thing I, I'm learning, especially with, I love how you said, the laws are different. And I've realized now that I'm starting to quiet myself before God and like get out of the brain, I realize I'm, I've been very busy in my prayer life. Mm. You know what I mean? I think so. Does that make sense? No, like Abel's been busy? Yeah. Or like your spirit. Like I'm coming to to be with God, but I have like, we're going to pray in tongues, we're going to worship, we're going to do this. And it's like, I'm busy. And it's like, I don't know if I gave him the opportunity to actually do what you said, Mm. do something. Mm. I think it's like, before you can do something, I got to put on a worship song. Mm. Before before you can do something, I got to read the right word. Does this make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Where I think that my biggest struggles, and I I love how you said the laws, I think I I try to, this is just being honest, Mm -hmm. I think I've, I'm learning to get rid of that, which is so hard for me because hmm. like my brain, like you said, wants to be active, wants to produce where the spirit, I think even it's everywhere where it talks about waiting on the Lord. And like one translation means to be inactive. Hmm. I looked up or to retire. And it's like, that's hard. <laughs> it's a hmm. totally different, like you said, I think we're, we're in this realm that we're learning. We're so baby at, we're, st- hmm. we're still learning. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think that, do, do you feel we're too busy? I think, <laughs> I think the biggest Part of prayer is learning to shut up. I'll say amen to that. It's, it's, that. Well, think, uh, think, about the, think about the principles. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing. Yeah. The rhema. Faith comes by hearing his influence in that space, his ideas in it's that good. space. The problem with it is we think of prayer as me going to God to tell him everything that I need, everything that I want, Mm -hmm. everything that needs to be changed in my life, all the problems that are here and how they need to be solved, and thank you for doing it, amen. Yeah. And we leave. And so there's no impartation that happens from his side into us. But the problem with it is faith comes by hearing. Yeah. And so if I don't put myself and position myself in that space where I'm intentionally looking to hear his voice and for him to have influence in that space, what ends up happening is I don't have any of his substance imparted to me. Yeah. He's, I haven't allowed him the opportunity to actually redefine something. Right. Which takes, uh, once again, this, um, the surrendering of the will. Mm. 
I don't know. I think even like I love how you said habit. So he he yeah, has to refine true. that. Can I? Can yeah, I, go for it. Can I, I'm not. I have no questions. I have no points. Can I just externally process some of this stuff? Please. I like when you external so, process. So so when we when it comes to prayer, it, it, Pastor Gavin, when it comes to prayer, if I go in and I'm my priority isn't hearing, then it's impossible for me to actually get faith. Because I'm not taking the time to hear. So what would you say to somebody who's like, all right, this is a great podcast. It makes sense. But they go and they get before God and they're just like, I'm just going to (laughs) listen. And it feels futile. Like it seems like silent. Like, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense, that question? Yeah. Does that mean that? I mean, I don't know. What do you do? Are we doing it wrong? Or what if we do it? We're doing it wrong. No, I think that's a very good point. Yeah. What I find is this. Ask a question. Mm. It's okay. like when somebody says, okay, let's have a conversation. Then they sit mm-hmm. across and look at you. <laughs> and it's like, okay, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. 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 So sometimes we do that with God. We're just like, okay, so now um, yeah, I'm going to hear from God. And he's like, well, what do you want to know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? But the thing is, the, the, that's why worship becomes important. Yeah. Because worship begins to set an atmosphere where what you're really saying is, I value you and I, I really put a lot of, of worth on your contribution to my life. And I'm creating a space in which mm-hmm. I, I'm coming to you. And, and in that place, say to him, I've been struggling with this. This, this is what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. Talk to me a little bit. You'll be amazed. Put something out there, and I promise you, you'll get something back. Yeah. Mm. You, oh. Another thing you said probably uh, three, um, three teachings ago, and I think it really hit me the way you said it. You said we have to be mature enough mm-hmm. to be honest with our heart. That's good. Mm-hmm. So it takes vulnerability mm. and a, an engagement of what's really going on. Because mm. I think even, I don't know, like, could my not being honest with God keep me out of the spirit or I guess hearing from him? I don't know. Does that make sense? I, not necessarily because I'm not sure that we always know our heart. Okay. Mm. We, well, we, we, we understand some stuff, but we don't always understand our heart. Right. He knows my heart better yeah. than I do. Yeah. So, and very often what will happen is that's what's so powerful about something like Sozo. Because people have problems and issues in life. People have dependencies and challenges and they're finding all kinds of stuff. The wheels are coming off in life in different places and they don't always understand why. Mm -hmm. But what's powerful about Sozo is when you get into that space and you meet with the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and he takes you to, where did this come from? And very often he will highlight things that took root in your heart at some point and started to give definition to the DNA or your beliefs. Mm. And it gave rise to all of the actions and the behaviors and the thinking that comes out of that space. But when he takes us back to that place, suddenly you have like this epiphany, this spiritual epiphany, an aha moment where it's like, I see where it came from. And when we see where it came from, he's revealing to us our heart that we didn't, we didn't even, weren't even aware. Got you. It came into that space. And then we begin to see it. And the invitation he extends to us is, okay, so would you like me to come in and heal that? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to make it new? Mm-hmm. Got you. So, so, so this is powerful because... Wait, hold on. Oh, we flip, the, flip the tape real quick. All right. We're back. <laughs> Go for it. Ask it again. Yeah, yeah, just Sozo, you know, and I know that's when we sit in an office, a person's apart from us, and then they help us hear God, right? And they like walk us through some stuff, right? Is it powerful because we're being intentional about pursuing God? And can I also do it by myself? The reason that Sozo is powerful is because it's not psychology. Uh-huh. Um, it's not counseling. What it is, is introducing you to a, an encounter with the Holy Spirit where you allow him to give direction and have influence in the space. So it becomes a spiritual exercise. Mm. That's why it's so much more powerful than people who just go for psychology and for counseling and all. Those can give you some life skills and there's nothing wrong with that. But they can't fix your heart, just like you can't fix your heart. The only one who can is the Holy Spirit. The reason that Sozo is powerful Mm. is because it gets back to what forms the DNA of who you are and how you behave and what you think and how you feel. It's our beliefs. And only the Holy Spirit can go into that place and bring about healing and transformation. 
And so when you're dealing with something spiritual, you're dealing with something that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Whoa, wow. Wow. So the fact that this is a spiritual, let's just say exercise, that's what gives it power. Yes. Wow. Where does, I, I have to go back to this word. You can with, touch things and change things that we can't do with the brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What we can do with the brain is we try and get some understanding and we're introduced to some skills that help us manage a situation. Right. Yeah. But we can't make it new. Mm-hmm. That makes wow. sense. That's why so many people spend their lives in counseling. That's why so many people end up taking medications because I'm trying to manage a situation, but I can't get rid of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's why spiritual things are powerful because the Holy Spirit goes into that space and he makes all things new. Wow. That's now, a, how much amazing. does, even talking about Sozo with it, like um, where, and you said this word intentionality, how does that play a part? Because I, I, I've heard stories of like, you know, I went into another Sozo and nothing happened or da da da, you hear this. Mm. Does intentionality, how, does, is that a big part? Like you talked about even I the think, wills, like do you, you know, do you want it kind right. of thing, right? Mm. Well, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God okay. and his righteousness, mm-hmm. and all these things will be added unto you. Yeah. Are you seeking? Mm. Okay. It, it's no point. Mm. There's no point going for a sozo because your wife went for one and she had her life changed. <laughs> and so she signed you up because she thought it would be a good thing for you. Right. Ooh. I can attend it. It doesn't mean anything. It wow. doesn't mean I'm going to get any benefit from okay. it. Okay. I can go through all of the rituals and I can follow all of the process. Wow. And come out with nothing. Because mm. all of it goes down to how hungry are you? Are you committed to it? Or are you just kind of interested in it? Yeah. Hmm. That's huge. And that's the seeking part. The seeking part is, God, you're the only one that can fix this. Mm. And I'm available spirit to spirit. And I want that. And I I, want I'm it. seeking that. Yeah. And so, you know, it speaks about the fact that he's always knocking. Yeah. Knocking at the door. Will you answer? Wow. Um, this has been life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now saying I have the identity of Christ. Mm-hmm. That just gets a game changer. Real so quick, set, real quick. Set your identity on things above. Yeah, set your... Oh, that's a game changer. Because I always think of my thoughts, right? Or at least for me. I, Man, I, set your identity. I, I, I think when it, when it says you have the mind of Christ, what it's saying is it's all available to you. It's mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But people are not perfect. Right. So it means they don't have it. They have it, they, they, they have it provisionally, but they it's don't available. have it experientially. Right. Mm. We got to make a decision as to we allow, whether we allow that to define who we are. Right. That's why you have carnal Christians. They're born again. They have the life of God on the inside of them, but there's been no renewal process. So their identity is still defined by the world. Right. And so they still live like the world, act like the world, feel like the word, carry right. on like the world, deal with situations like the world. And they might even attend church. Right. But there, there's no spiritual reality to redefining who they are fundamentally as people. Right. Mm. So, yes, the moment you got born again, the full mind of Christ is right there. Right. And you can do, do with it what you want. The invitation is be conformed to his image. Right. What it's saying is, I've prepared a banquet before you. Do you want to eat? Do you want to eat? Mm-hmm. And that's all spirit. It's all that's spirit. all spirit. Wow. That's all spirit. So the moments that, that, that something comes up, it's an invitation to eat with the Father. Absolutely. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, so uh, we talked about this yesterday in your office, but what's the difference between identity and calling? Because is, is, is calling my identity or is that something completely different? It's completely different. Okay. It's completely. It, it's, I, I believe that there are, your calling is, is what God wants you to do. It's your task. Right. Moses' task, his calling was to take Israel out of captivity in Egypt and to move them into the promised land. It was right. his calling. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his identity. His mm-hmm. identity was in God. The reason that he was able to have the encounters that he did and to have the experiences that he did that was supernatural in nature mm. was purely as a result of his relationship and his identity being established in God. Wow. That's amazing. It played itself out in his calling. Yes, yes. And then the example we talked about was King David. So like mm. the calling was the fact that David was king but his identity was he was a man after God's own heart. Yes. Not because he's king, he's a man after God's own heart. It's right. because he's a man after God, uh, God's own heart that he then became a king. And how he, and how he ran the kingdom oh. as a king. Oh, wow. Because that gave him position, and how he handled that position 
was as a result of his relationship with God. Wow, mm. that's, that's so powerful. Mm. Yeah, because then, like, let's say I work in a corporate world, I can be like, I am Raphael, the CEO, mm. and I'm trying to live as a CEO, so now I'm destroying people right. rather than coming in as I'm, I'm, a, I'm a beloved son of God and he's mm. well-pleased with me, that's my identity, and I sit in a CEO position, mm. I'll handle that position completely different, mm. Mm. right? Yeah. Absolutely. When, when we discover our identity in God, your calling, for lack of a better term, becomes very secondary. Wow. wow. Because what yeah. ends up happening is we become redefined and so our priorities begin to shift. Wow. When I don't have that, it's really important for me to have profile and to have position yeah. and to have recognition and to have accolades and to have fame and to have fortune. Those things are really important to me because those are things I aspire to. The thing about it is when you get your identity established in God, you begin to recognize that your calling could be a very simple thing like Mother Teresa. Help orphan kids. Right. The thing is, the calling is nothing more than an avenue through which I can begin to express who I am. Wow. And so whether I'm the president of the country or whether I'm dealing with orphan children, it's irrelevant. It's just right. different avenues through which who I am can be manifest in situations. Yeah. And in that space, you begin to recognize my happiness, my fullness, my mm. completion, my peace, my joy, my everything is in him. Right. Oh, yes, and I also have this avenue to express it. Right. Mm -hmm. You see, that it's even beautiful. that there you describe as a law that's different from natural versus spiritual. Yeah. The natural is... I'll be happy when I find my calling, when I become the business owner, when I create my YouTube channel that has mm -hmm. 10,000, when I have 10 million views, mm -hmm. there's my identity, mm -hmm. where that's so natural, where the spirit is, I get it from him, so everything flows from that. Right. Where when, when I create that natural thing, let's just face it, you're breakable. Mm. You break, mm -hmm. you burn mm. out. You, there's no life in peace, or the life in peace is very short-lived, mm -hmm. where you're saying when this gives birth, that secondary thing, it's like breathing. The calling becomes like breathing. All, all of those things, people are looking for wholeness and completion yeah, and yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. Fulfillment. The equivalent of fulfillment in a spiritual terms is holiness. Ooh. Holiness is to be whole and complete in him. Yeah, when yeah, I'm co completely full in him and defined by him, what ends up happening is I don't want to do some other things because I don't need to do those anymore mm -hmm. yeah. because I'm whole and complete. Oh. I don't have those appetites because I don't need to satiate anything. I'm whole and complete. Yeah. When I'm whole and complete in him, it changes how I live because all of a sudden I recognize the fact that I'm here to have influence in the space so I'm not mortally wounded and offended because somebody didn't speak to me the right way yeah. or because they didn't recognize me right. or because they treated me badly. Right. In that space, I can have a look at it from a different perspective, from a whole perspective, and sit and say, oh, gee, they're dealing with an, they've just got a deficit in their life. Mm -hmm. They're just dealing with me through deficit. It's mm. good. And so I can treat it differently and I deal with it differently. I respond as mm. opposed to reacting. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's so good. Man. Um, thank you so much for this. Um, Thanks for having me. We are in a whole new world, <laughs> and we're just learning this whole new world. We all are. I love it. I love how you said it. Um, I, I just want to say this. If you're listening and, and watching, um, we're going to have him on again. Um, please, if you have questions, please, please comment. Um, get a hold of us. Email. Go um, listen to the teachings. Go listen to the teachings. Yes, bust please. Bust open that PowerPoint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last few teachings Pastor Gavin has been having PowerPoints. Um, I know it's helped me because, like you said, we don't know much about this. But now we're exploring. Mm. Now we're, we're, we want it. Yeah. You know, um, any last words you want to say, Pastor Gavin? It's an adventure. Come on. Just jump out and do something and have fun with it. <laughs> you don't have to get it right, but all you have to do is be available. The Holy Spirit is there as a great teacher and he will take you and he'll lead you and just follow his, in, his mm. invitation, That's his good. inclinations, and make your life enjoyable. Make it full. Make it an adventure. Yeah. Oh, we received that. that. This is the last one of the year. Um, oh, yeah, this is our last podcast of the year. Um, man, can't believe we've been doing this for over a year now. Um, but please, if you have anything you want us to take the roof off, once again, please like, comment, subscribe, let us know. Um, we're all learning. We're all amateurs in this new area. We're learning. Um, I'm Chabla. I got my choo-choo over there. I got Rooster. Rooster, any last words? None. <laughs>
Speechless. Speechless. We're going to, what Pastor Gavin said, we're going to learn to shut up. Because <laughs> he, yes. he has a lot of redefining to do. Good word. Amen. <laughs> um, Jackie Jack, how you doing? Good. All right. Uh, no Roof Podcast. We'll see you next time. Love you. <laughs>